This is the Wizard's Nightshirt Podcast, episode 46. Welcome to the Wizard's Nightshirt. This is episode number 46. I'm Will, and here with me are Scott, sworn enemy of the Elf King. That's right. <laughs> Hi, everybody. And Rebecca, who rules over the land with a mechanical hand. <laughs> That's how it <laughs> is. It, is that your hand? Or yeah, that was that... my hand. I've got a hand that jingle jingle jingles. Yeah. Like, does I have As sound I go effects? right merrily along. <laughs> It's like it's like when those ladies wear like fifty bangles and they like walk and yes. their hands all shake. It's just like that. Yeah. At the Wizard's Nightshirt, we're reviewing He Man, Masters of the Universe, and She Ra, Princess of Power. Today we're reviewing He Man, season two, episode seventy, Fisto's Forest. This is also our monthly lightning round episode. That means we'll be pulling out the stopwatch for a quick review of several episodes that happened between our main episodes. As always, you can check our episode guide on the website if you'd like to follow along. This is going to be a good one. Oh, but let's hear more from Will about this episode. Yeah, you got to do that. <laughs> Sorry, I, well, got to say that or we don't new, know how to get back to it. It was a new paragraph. <laughs> but let's hear more from Will about this week's episode. Thank you, Rebecca. Uh, well, since you asked, the air date is September 13th in the year 1984. In this episode, a man named Fisto tells a young boy about how He-Man convinced him to stop terrorizing the people of the forest and change his wicked ways. This is our first uh, appearance of Fisto. I would like to hear everyone's first impressions of our new action figure. He has a giant hand, that's for sure. It's pretty good. <laughs> they really, they made a lot of hay out of that uh, giant hand. And, I mean, is, is it too early to talk about, you know, how he comes across in the episode? Because... I don't think so. I think I think just so we can get a flavor for him. A flavor for him? Did, oh. oh, go, please, please no. go ahead. Please go ahead, Scott. Uh, did, you, did you guys ever see, did he ever not have a fit in a fist? Or is, it, is the metal hand always is in a fist? Is it always a fist? Or can he grab things with it? Oh, can he, can he, um open it is yeah. that what you mean or is it just a, I, a fixed I, I didn't pay attention oh i didn't pay attention either. i think it's always closed okay well that that's hindering i don't know if he can take his hand out and if his hand is normally giant size i feel like there's someone listening to this podcast who really really knows about he-man lore and they're just like oh his fingers articulate moron and like if that's true i don't know but so will you're saying that um that men at arms rescued him from like a bar fight where like Fisto had punched the jukebox or something like that. And he's like, this will fix your ride up. Yeah. He, yeah. He was, was like, I want to hear a meatloaf bat out of hell. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to karaoke with me? When I come into this pizza hut, we play the music I want to hear. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. We know, we know your life. I feel like his, uh, I feel like his voice box was also changed by into metal. It Cause was... it sounded like there's a lot of echo more yeah. so than he-man yeah, yeah um he sounded really like a gravelly voiced wrestler like mm -hmm. picture Shawn michaels stuck in the bottom of a well and yeah. that was fisto's voice <laughs> yeah and stuck in a well that sounds that sounds it was right. very very far away <laughs> oh, that's me all right <laughs> then i gave him a backslide <laughs> uh, hands off the merchandise dies 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 Anyway, well, Fisto used to be uh, a bad guy. 
So this is just like many faces. Uh-huh. Well, this is the, this is, I think now it's safe to say this is an episode type when um, it feels like the writer's room got a directive to introduce a new toy. This seems like a pretty convenient con- conceit where you have a character save a young child and tell them about how they came to be an action figure that you can love. <laughs> and I guess twice in a row, they used to be bad guys. It was kind of surprising they did that twice in a row. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a couple episodes in between, so you you, you might (laughs) have forgotten. Kids forget. Yeah, they don't remember. Kids are stupid. (laughs) Kids are dumb. They they dress terribly, too. People love a good turnaround story, or whatever you call it, a, a... that's not rag to riches, but... Yeah, like um, a redemption story. Redemption story. Yeah. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, since, Even little kids. <laughs> <laughs> since, since we often talk about this, can you think of instances where you slowly realized you were on the wrong side of something or someone you know was on the wrong side of something or feel like you were just mischaracterized or not represented the right way and uh, of course since i um wrote down this prompt i, I have an example <laughs> if, if, if that would help you get your memory started okay, i have an example of being oh, great. mischaracterized well i would like for you to share that okay. with the class in fourth grade my music teacher got it into her head that i was a bad girl how weird and i was not a bad girl but apparently, she found it disruptive to the class that my friend Danielle and I had large collections of keychains because that was the cool thing to That's do. That's very bad. Very I know. Bad. What else would you need those keys for? And apparently, we were rattling keychains around in class in between singing those really bummer songs from the fourth grade music book, uh-huh. which were like the worst songs ever. And somehow, she got into my head in her head that I was bad. And how and would she, you? How did you? How did you perceive this? What, so what did she do? on my report card. Six weeks. She is bad. She gave me like a B for bad. Mm-hmm. And I this, I had never gotten a B before. Yeah. And let me tell you something. Oh, Zor. Let me tell you something. That was the only B I've ever gotten in my life. And mm-hmm. I am talking all the way up through like 10 years of college. You even changed out in PE and didn't lose any points. Yes. Okay. The only B that ever marred my record. Really? You had all A's all the time. All A's all the time. I'm not even kidding. So that's how wrong she was. I'm just, I'm just going to tell you how wrong she was. And so Mrs. Betty, <laughs> I've got you on, uh, just, I remember evil woman. She's um, listening to this podcast. She right is. Now. She is right now. And she's like, why is my life so unfulfilling? I'm like, it's because you gave me a B. Um, but anyway, no, uh, she gave me a B on my report card, and I was, like, devastated because I loved music. Uh-huh. Still do. It was my favorite thing. I loved going and singing those stupid <laughs> songs and playing that stupid <laughs> recorder. Mm-hmm. It was so much fun for me. I had no idea that she thought this about me. And so, like, my mom went and had a meeting with her just to ask, like, hey, so what's up with that, uh-huh. you know? And uh, um, the teacher described me as a ringleader. What? And I'm like over this girls club where we have keychains that we wear on a belt because we're in fourth grade and that's cool. You might be a key ring leader. And so, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> she member so, of the you black guys are horde, as we discussed. Yeah, right. We, we were in a gang. And so. <laughs> the key gang. Like that just like, like hurt my feelings so bad. And so my mom was like. Here's well, your Spuds McKenzie keychain for your initiation. Right. We open doors to your future. Right. <laughs> Take these keys and drag them across an old lady's face and then you're in. You're one of us you are the key ring gang um, i feel like you guys would key cars a lot too yeah you also key cars and then scooters and the school bus whatever was around and uh yeah so i i uh wound up doing an extra credit report on she said write a report on your favorite music group or mm-hmm. like what kind of music you like mm-hmm. 
And I typed up a report and then she changed my grade because I had, you know, demonstrated something. And then she agreed to give me piano lessons because my mom was, I don't know, just like my mom was just really relentless about that. And I thought that's pretty funny. That was maybe some helicopter parenting there, but she knew that was wrong. Or she got called out or she had to. It was the only B I ever got in my life. And it was an unjust one. Well, I'm glad we could. um, I was not a bad girl. And now, now you don't have to dam up the rivers and you can join the masters (laughs) of the universe all because of that teacher all because of that teacher the only b i am i promise you i will dig up my report cards and post them all on the internet for you i have them all i'm laminated i'm gonna share my quick my quick fisto story when i was when i was uh did uh little league baseball this was like the year right before it got into like hardcore baseball like we didn't use a pitching machine anymore and people were getting hurt and stuff the good kind of baseball and mm-hmm. i was really excited about it and we had our first day where uh for the for the new team and our coach was um hitting line drives at kids to get them ready for it and he happened to hit one at me and i ducked out of the way because it was gonna take my head off i wouldn't do it all the time i just 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 happened to do it, and then he just decided that I was skittish of the ball, is what he said. That's a thing. Skittish, you you skittish of the ball, boys. You can't be skittish of the ball. We getting out of little league, and so uh, I was mortified about that. He had already ripped me off. I already he might as well have uh, tattooed outfield on my forehead as soon as that happened. And I was already I was already bummed about that, and I was a better player than that. And so when we're going back to the dugout. There was this kid who was at first base as we were going into dugout, and he was like tying his shoe or whatever. And I was just like happy to be there and meeting new kids, and I was just in a playful mood. And I just sort of flipped his cap a little bit, you know, like ha 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 ha. And then and and then he freaked out, stood up and bowed up his chest. Why are you doing that? You want to fight me? You want to fight me? And I was like, what is happening? This day is going so bad. I also found out that was the coach's son. (laughs) And so the coach really hated me. And then I decided not to go to the next practice. It was the first time I ever missed a baseball practice because I was so mortified. And he called me at my house and he was trying to pretty much talk me out of not joining the team because he felt like my heart wasn't in it. And I I never played baseball again, except for in my mind. And he totally got me wrong. That's and it so changed terrible. the course of my life. It did. And you could have been an all-star slugger. That's, that's, yeah. a, that's right. And then I just listened to bad boy music and played guitar instead. So maybe that was for the best. Maybe maybe that's why I'm not a, a major league baseball player now. Probably so. Yeah. It, it might also be because minors. I prefer to eat the Star Crunch after the games and play the baseball game. That might also be why. Okay, You'd well, rather play the baseball game on Nintendo? <laughs> no, but I did learn how to play a lot of sports games from uh, video games. That's how I learned how to play basketball and hockey. All right, now, <laughs> now say say his name for the record so you can cast a, an evil magic spell on him. Just first name only. I don't remember. <laughs> Initial. Coach D. A. Coach A. Coach A. Coach A, we got you. Right. Giving you the evil eye. Scott, were you ever bad? Were you ever labeled bad when you were not bad? Probably. I can't think of a really good story right now. Well, we, did, we discussed as the stock boy. They just decided that you were yeah, the one. Yeah, yeah, that, well, that, that, that's the one, the one big story. I was, I was, I was trying to think of some red lobster story, but <laughs> <laughs> you're the one who set the lobsters loose in the restaurant, and the rich dowager screeched in the in the lady's restroom when she saw it. There's a, there's yeah. I won't mention any bad food stories, so. 
<laughs> okay. I was just thinking more fantastical, like like you embarrassed us when Neptune came to visit, like, which is something just something insane. Like you that. hid his trident. <laughs> mm-hmm. You brought shame to the Red Lobster family. You ran his trident through the dish machine. <laughs> he hates that. And that's yeah. how we all came to terrorize the lowland villages. And that's why Scott was there with Fisto. <laughs> Can I just say, Will, about you ducking from the ball in your uh-huh. baseball story? You know what happens when there's a line drive coming to you and you don't duck when you should have and the ball pops up on the lip of a crawdad hole. <laughs> then you get hit in the face with a ball and then you have to get stitches. And that happened to me. So you probably I got two right. root canals got hit in the face with a ball. Okay, see? All right. <laughs> see? You were right, Will. You had self-preservation. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I was... I'll just tell the story. Um, so I got hit in the mouth with a baseball, and that's the last—that's the last time I ever played baseball. Uh-huh. Uh, so I got hit in the mouth with a baseball. Then I spent the next two hours dealing with my teeth being backwards. Oh my oh, lord! No. You could have been a real called the villain. dentist. Called the dentist. We went to the dentist as an emergency visit. The dentist told me he can't do anything for me right now, and you should just see how it goes. <laughs> Badly. Okay. It's going badly. It's going badly. I'm like, because, you know, when 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 I got hit, it like cut my lip. So I'm like, I'm still like bleeding and it was just bad. So, so at the time I had, this is, uh, I had braces like a year prior and no, I didn't have braces at the time. Oh God, I was going to say, oh I didn't have braces at the time. And he's like, come in. This guy's in like golf outfit and he's like, it's just him. And I remember he pulled up in some fancy Saab or Porsche or something like that. Goes into the office. No one else is there. Doesn't call anybody else. He sits me down, looks at it, and he's like, he's like, uh, you know, whatever. He's like, we got to save your teeth. And he's like, I'll push him back up and then put the retainer in. Then he informs me, I can't give you Novocaine because there's no other person present and it's not legally okay for me to do this. And I said, okay. And then he proceeded to put my teeth back with no painkillers. And did it torture? Did it mess scar you for life? Oh yeah. Uh, I wish you could see my face right now, everyone. <laughs> I'm very still, upset. Do you still think it's about it? So, remember it? So yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, <gasps> I've I've had other things done. Like when I had braces, I had like five teeth pulled uh-huh. and stuff like that. So that that was probably the worst pain I've ever had in my life. But it was so he saved my teeth, and then four or five years later, like it was too much damage and. The roots actually ended up dying, so I had to get wow. two. I, then I had to get two root canals on top of that. Do you? Do you? Are you? Are you today? Or to this day, are you consumed with uh, a yearning for revenge, especially against <laughs> pantsless uh, um, uh, um, villagers? No. Uh... Well, this is Fisto. Learn about all my weird powers and spider friend in Act One. <laughs> Hold on there, Mr. Grassler. <laughs> Introduce, um, <laughs> introduce Fisto for us. Draw all that bloody nonsense. And I didn't get a robot Fisto tooth in place. I wish I did. Which would have been awesome. Then I could talk like Fisto. How yeah, do we? Man. How do we meet Fisto? How does this episode open? I don't know. A little boy gets trapped by a bear, right? Or yeah, what, like whatever. a were bear. Or what, something. what is? It? Yeah, it's huge. Uh, it's gra- like a, a grazzler, grazzler, I think he calls yeah. it. Grazzler. I wrote that down for some reason. That sounds right. So what is going on with that boy's pant cuffs? Because 
He was wearing like blue pants, but his little pant cuffs looked like the trim of a hat that I had to play <laughs> Mrs. Santa Claus in the second grade play. <laughs> so that was his outfit. They were it like, was, it they was were like canvas pants. They distracted me too. I thought they looked like um, little kid karate pants or he, something. Well, he had, he had like rings around the bottom, so maybe to save him from ticks or something. Yeah, like he like he could like close the legs. Mama you know, made so. me some. Fancy tick guards. What if that's, these what if that's, rubber uh, what if that's like uh, Fisto's way he redeems himself? Like, I'll remove all the ticks from everybody in the forest. <laughs> and it's like his hand, and it's like this big, <laughs> yeah, this big Fisto that's what hand. His hand's he's like, for. I can superheat my hands, and it scares the hell out of them ticks when I put it up to them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that sounds legitimate. <laughs> okay, now, let, just here's the context in which. I am watching this, right? We're watching these on YouTube now because these are not on Netflix mm-hmm. and we only have Netflix and, you know, cheap, blah, blah, blah. The YouTube captions that automatically came up were not accurate and I <laughs> giggled over that. But then, okay, was it just me or was this episode very weird? Yeah, it was, it was strange. weird. Well, yeah. Okay, I am telling you all that... When I finished watching this episode, I was taking notes, and the whole time I was just like, is this really happening? I got up, no joke, I checked the carbon monoxide detector. <laughs> because I was like, between the captions on the YouTube thing. You're a little sleepy. I was a little <laughs> sleepy. I was like, I just feel I just feel like something is amiss here, and I don't know what. And I promise you, I did. I went and checked. It was fine. No carbon monoxide. But this episode was that weird. Well, one of the reasons I think it seems so weird is because the little bit you might know about Fista going into it, you feel like a lot more ha- might have to do with his giant fist, but all the, all the, int- all the things about him have nothing to do with that. He's got this weird echoey voice that we talked about. As we'll talk about later, he has a pet spider. He's bad for some reason. I mean, it was, it was all over the place. It was very strange. <laughs> yeah, I, well, and they didn't really explain how he got any of that. I was gonna say the and same I, thing. I, I think that might have been weird. It's just like you just you just he's he's like that. Everybody else's origin story. Um, you saw how they became bad. We saw how he was bad and how he became mm-hmm. good, but not how he became bad. And that was one of the weird things to me because when you look at Fisto, you think that's just like a regular guy from the village. How did he go from that to I'm going to move into the woods? set up a place where like I wake up every day in a cave <laughs> and find my food and then I'm going to go just like change the course of the river and I'm going to get a spider pal who's going to help me and also if I could command the trees that would be helpful for me maybe he got cursed by like a beaver of the woods or something like that and, <laughs> and that that's his curse <laughs> <laughs> like now you must you want think to do he would have things. a wooden hand though if he was cursed oh by that would be beaver. so much more interesting a wooden <laughs> hand oh especially if he carved uh, it himself and then at the end of the episode oak they would be like i hope it's all gonna work out again he's like it will knock on wood and then they go ha ha ha, ha. oh it, it writes itself yeah. oh, if only we could have could have could have fixed yes this. we could have saved them well <laughs> fisto tries to describe to the little boy about um how he came to be the way he was and i thought it was very funny he just he said that he used to be quote downright evil which was pretty funny uh, most people won't cop to being downright evil they's like i wasn't always a good man or something right. like that I was like no i was i was bad I was that's real a very bad. folksy way to describe being evil yeah like 
I'm downright evil. That's like, if you're saying downright, I don't think it, you can be that evil. That's not a word that evil people use. You know what? You'd be like, I am bone crushingly evil. <laughs> or like, I am blood curdlingly evil. Like, downright is not an adverb that you would uh, just go to. Of course, you know, I wasn't always the man I am now. In fact, one time, you might say I was downright evil. You? Hmm. I don't believe it. Well, it's true. Well, when he said, because he said it like that, it may be a little, like, uncomfortable for the boy. Because once you hear somebody describe themselves as downright evil, it's like, okay, well, he saved you, but he's a stranger. Let's get out of here. And then the other thing that scared me for him was he said... It was only a few years ago. <laughs> it wasn't like used to be or a long time ago or when I was a young man. He's like, I hadn't been good for very long. It's very tenuous. I'm still mad about a lot of things. If I ever find Matt again who hit me with that line drive in the teeth, I might get up to my old ways. Yeah. Yeah, so this is a lot of bizarre stuff here. And then also, did you feel that just overall the delivery of every line was very stilted? You're... You're Vesto... Wow, what a nice story. Hey, thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Was that just a side effect of the YouTube captions that were incorrect? It wasn't just that they were stilted. I watched this. I think they edited for time, and you could actually hear in one place where they cut somebody's lines off of them. Okay. The little boy who had a longer lines, and they just cut... Yeah, so it sounded it sounded strange, and um, it, it like I, I like I just imagined that like while they were recording this episode, like they're all in the the ISO booth or whatever together, and there's like a robbery happening that they're watching. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, should we keep going? Um, this is my friend Fisto. Um, it was weird. And then also, I wrote down a list of everything that the YouTube captions thought. Fisto was instead mm -hmm. of Fisto. So they called him Cisco. Mm -hmm. This thought, this dough, Visto, Viscos, Fist Ots, and hello, mister. <laughs> <laughs> that Fist Ots gave us some real trouble. <laughs> so that just added to the general insanity. You I love will the fear the name Fist Ots. <laughs> yeah. I guess Viscos refers to the boy's pants. <laughs> <laughs> Your Majesties, our land was happy and peaceful until Skeletor put our elf lord under a spell and made Visto ruler of the forest. Okay, what was the thing that brought Adam, Tila, Cringer, and Orko to help? Well, the main oh, problem. Yeah, <laughs> right? that was the main problem. This was what Visto was doing to be naughty. What, what were you going to say, oh, Scott? Back in the oh, day. He, he, yeah, he, he blocked the river, okay, so, right. so it would kill everything down down river. And he's so, doing it by like rearranging logs and stuff. Yeah, he was I thought there was gonna be. I, I thought the fist was gonna be involved. I imagined that he was gonna like. I'm believing this plant his fist more and more. into <laughs> yeah. the ground or something. But he's just like moving logs to redirect it. The fist is just that's just that's not related. It's the beaver curse. Yeah. Yeah. The fist is totally unrelated. And so this 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 villager. This villager guy is getting very upset about it, and he says he's tired of this fisto, and he's going to go deal with it. And the the guy's daughter is worried for him, so she decides to go talk to King Randor and explain about the fisto situation so her father can get help. And King Randor, I thought it was kind of interesting. He's trying to train Adam up. He's like, Adam, how would you handle this? Oh, right. I also have to say about the daughter, uh, Raina is her name. Uh -huh. I never got the villager man's name because he was such a bummer. He spent half the episode in prison in a web, so I'm like, I don't care. But uh, Raina, first of all, she was pretty capable for a villager yeah. child. Second of all, best villager kid outfit I've ever seen. She had a very smart little tunic and little head cap thing. Mm -hmm. I, was, I was feeling it. I was like, you doing okay, girl? 
Uh, you need to it get up like out of that village. It like one of those workout shirts that annoy me when people wear them to the gym. That's kind of got like the open sides. Yeah, I wear those. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. You yeah. wear you, but you have like you gotta layers. Air out, you got to air out your lats. Yeah. <laughs> so they can grow. It won't grow in the shade. Got to let that lat heat out. Yeah, yeah. You don't know about science, Will. Um, but anyway, Raina, it's a good look. Mm-hmm. It works. She could she could join the 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 King's Guards with Tila someday. I'm just saying, she's the least bummer of a child I've ever encountered. She in this might show. be. She might be the most <laughs> capable child we've seen. She showed initiative. She didn't do bad. Oh, she wore a belt with her tunic. Oh, that's nice. Well, why don't we do that more? Yeah, often? she looks like she has some dignity and she cares. Yeah, it's a smart. You don't look. wear a belt with your tunic. I never before, but now I will. Okay. Because yeah. I got the idea from Raina. Yeah. Hashtag outfit of the day. <laughs> so Fisto, he sees that the folks from Randor's palace are coming to thwart him, and he introduces a spider friend that he has. What's its name? Like Arachne or something? Arachna, I think. Okay. Yeah. I wrote it down somewhere. And he asks Arachne just to leave like a little um, web pool trap for them coming through. That was a surprise to me. I don't know what a spider had to do with Fisto, except I guess it's like a forest creature, mm-hmm. I guess, is, is the point. So they get stuck. Uh, Stuck in that, and Fisto is in his little base cave, and we see that he has trapped the uh, Elf Lord. Yes! Yeah, I, we, I just said he's trapped the Elf Lord, so don't don't get lost. This is really happening. Yeah, okay, so this is the part in, in my notes, like because there was a, apparently uh, there's a spell by Skeletor on them as well. Uh-huh. Okay, now I am eight minutes into this episode, and ladies and gentlemen listening at home, I have never done drugs in my life, but I was wondering, have I done drugs and I'm not sure about it? Because did this just happen? Did I just accidentally do some drugs? Because I felt like I'm just watching this in slow motion and my brain is like not processing these things. I'm like, did they just put that elf in an orb? And then right when I thought that, Battle Cat goes, time for some of my magic. <laughs> magic digging. And I was like, that's insane. What? Time for some of my magic. Magic digging. Did, well, this was very weird, right? This is like the maybe the weirdest episode of He-Man I have seen, right? It was, it was, it was kind of weird. It yeah. was weird. Yeah. I just, I felt like not all the elements really went together. They did not. It was very weird. It was a kind of, it was kind of like a da-da collage. There you go. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> Surrealistic. Yeah. So. I just, uh, I just want to, I, I didn't notice this when I was watching it, but um, at one point, um, the, the villager that they captured. I, uh-huh. I never got on, his name. He's on Arachna's back and he's tied to him. Oh right! Oh, that interesting. That's kind of neat. I did notice that. Yeah. That's kind oh, okay. of a neat. Oh, I, I, I did. I didn't notice that because I, I thought that was just part of his body. I'm like that guy. That looks like guy's legs. The, the animators are probably like, we'll just draw whatever we want to draw. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They just gotten robbed. They weren't thinking straight. <laughs> well, back to the scene that we're at. Can we talk about the elf lord for a second? When I was reading the description, something about the elf lord, I was picturing more of like a dignified, ethereal Tolkien type elf. This is like an annoying Keebler kind of elf. Uh, well, we can do a lot of things on this show, but do not besmirch the name of the Keebler elf. <laughs> they do the Lord's work. Okay? Let's see you bake Fudge cookies stripes. in a treehouse. Come on. I'm a snack whales man. <laughs> yeah. Hostess man. But yeah, uh, and again, he was crammed in an orb. Can you tell me about the orb? I was so okay, distracted. Okay, so we, we learn a little more later, I think... Fisto bargained with Skeletor for some 
power in the woods and he's and he's got this little plinth that lets him control the forest and the trees in it uh that fisto uses and that's also he uses it kind of like as a scrying glass also and that's how he he always sees what he man and his friends are up to in this episode so, so it has something to do with skeletor basically skeletor is like duke yeah and he, he controls the forest okay that's a very clean way of explaining it yes that's exactly what's <laughs> going go. on and see, it's not so crazy. Listen to Scott, <laughs> okay? And buy the toy. <laughs> this is He-Man. I know the episode is about Fisto, but I still do some pretty incredible stuff in Act Two. Hey, what's going on? We're being taken prisoner by a tree. So again, I have to ask, were we expecting this? Still no fist, really. I think maybe he pushed a tree with his fist at, he pun- at some he, point. Yeah, he punches okay. a huge tree and tries okay. to try to smash everybody. So Fisto, um, I, it, it was so confusing. I'm having trouble connecting the threads, but he traps everybody. Like, yeah. like everybody except for He-Man is yeah, trapped he, in he, a cave. Well, well, Prince Adam went the other way. Right. So or no. Tila, Orko, yeah. Reyna, the dad... And Elf Lord are all trapped in a cave, and on the other side of the cave is uh, a running river. And Fisto sets up some logs to redirect the river. And that's his only move. Yeah, and in the process, Fisto like falls down, and a log falls on him and traps him. Yes. And here's sort of the heart of the episode. Reyna expresses concern for Fisto and says, "Fisto, are you are you okay?" He says, "Yes." But we're all doomed now because they're all going to drown because the river is going to rise. I I, I think you I think you went ahead a little bit, but okay. the, the 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 way the way they got into the cave was because he was on the orb, and then he told the trees to attack them, oh. and then they ran into the cave to get away from the okay. trees. Oh, okay, yeah, we've connected it up now. <laughs> yeah, <All> and, then, <laughs> like, okay. and then and then Orko uses magic. And then it was bad because he let the trees come into the cave. Oh, right. Yeah, that was... And then they had was... to get out of the cave. But he did, but he sealed them up. And so they're stuck yeah. there, and the water is rising, and they, and they might drown. I remember that now. Okay, so what is their plan for resolving this situation? Well, so apparently Reyna can shimmy through the little gate. Mm-hmm. And Orko is too large, and that does not make sense to me, because I think he's probably smaller than a child, but whatever. <laughs> Um, I don't know. And she goes and helps Fisto. Uh-huh. Even though he gives her the, why help me, soft shoe. Because, like, you, know, that's, <laughs> you gotta do that. But I've been mean to you. Why would you help me, little girl? And then, you know, because you need help. And then... I'm doomed. Doomed. And you better get out while you can. Yeah, he was, he was, he was pretty dire at that moment. Because he, <laughs> he had a log on top of him. And then he's like... He's like, River's going to save yourself because I'm going to die. (laughs) I'm doomed. We're all doomed. Save yourself. So you see how desperate and and messed up he was. Yeah. And she's like, I'll just pull this rope and you'll be fine. And he's like, for me? He, yeah, he had very poor self-esteem. You see how he was a villain. You expect him to be like, sometimes I'm sad I'll wake up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he could just ask her, like, you know, like, if you feel like you're going to die, you might just be like, lie and say, I got some candy if you pull that rope. <laughs> so he's like a very self-destructive uh, Henry David Thoreau character, where, like, he's just going to go out to the woods and Walton Pond, but instead of reflecting on the nature of life, he's just going to pull all the trees down because he doesn't feel good about himself. Yeah, maybe if we were going to complicate his character a little bit, maybe he feels like 
strongly about uh, self-reliance, and he's punishing all the villagers for relying on the king and 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 that and that. That's a whole very lot. poetic, but I still don't see where the fist gets in there. He made his own fist. <laughs> he can't can't rely on your hand. <laughs> Maybe he's gonna rule with an iron fist, and that's his fist. That's also a, a path know. we could take. It's, yeah. It's, it, I really just think that we're just uh, looking anything's for... an improvement, really. <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I'm not really, I'm not really sure if we can go wrong. At this I, th- point. I, I think you guys also missed the part with the uh, uh, He-Man swinging on uh, like Tarzan. Yeah, that and then was he's like, fun. he's like, this vine is sticky, and then uh, yeah, and then he realizes the spider, mm-hmm. and then he takes care of the spider, and then swings on another vine. <laughs> so there is a He-Man animation that I have noticed more and more frequently. I love where he has been running and yeah. then they have him stop running. But the way that he stops running <laughs> is he takes like two big steps and then two little steps That's back. That's a good way to describe it. And it's he's like got his two dance. arms extended too. Yes. And it's just like the most awkward stop. It's like he can't put on the brakes any other way. And it's like he's about to do the electric slide or something like that. And it's very funny. And he does that a lot. Like if He-Man is running, that's the only way he knows how to stop. <laughs> well, you you get, I mean, he's the strongest man in the universe. He's, if he starts running, he's going. <laughs> so he's, 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 got, he's got to take a minute. He's got to take a shimmy to slow down. <laughs> <laughs> Initiate shimmy. <laughs> this is Skeletor. It's Act Three, and I'm involved. <laughs> Free at last. So uh, Fisto and the little girl go run to find uh, He-Man, and I guess Fisto sort of makes his case real quick. He's like, yeah, He-Man, I did bad, but I'm on, on your side now, and I'm free. And He-Man says something about it. Now it's what you do with your freedom. And so... And meanwhile, here's what I wrote in the cave. Zappy Orb in cave gives Arachna Skeletor power while they slingshot He-Man with a tree boing over to there. <laughs> yeah. Parse so, that sentence. <laughs> so we discussed that the plinth that Fisto uses for his evil doings was given to him by Skeletor. Skeletor's face appears in the plinth, talks to Arachne, who was in the cave, and tells Arachne that he's going to give him powers to set things right because Fisto has betrayed him. Okay, Arachna is a girl. She's okay. A spider. Okay, and then He-Man needs to get over the trees that are blocking the cave, so Fisto catapults He-Man with the tree into the cave. Yeah, that is crazy. <laughs> You're just launching yourself in, into the air. And I love how he perfectly lands right at the cave. <laughs> Incredible aim. So we get to see a little more of Arach... Is it Arachna? Arachna. We don't know that Arachna wasn't um, portrayed by Wallace Shawn. <laughs> it doesn't have any voices. <laughs> so I'm getting you in my eight legs, He-Man. <laughs> Arachna would have a very elegant voice. Okay. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to make Wallace Shawn happen for everything, okay? Although Fisto could have been voiced by Wallace Shawn. That when a king on the wham, I mean, he man. Why? <laughs> now you're doomed. <laughs> Why? My movie and my movie, David Goyer, Wallace Shawn for Arachna. <clears throat> Okay. Don't cut it. I don't want to see it in a director's cut. I want to see it in the real thing. Make some room now. Go I'm ahead and plan for it. I'm sure they will. And Connie Britton's going to need a long <laughs> scene where she gets ready in the morning and does her hair. <laughs> 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 
Okay, well. So He-Man's got to free this elf lord. Now, talk to me about what it looks like when He-Man is freeing an elf lord. Doesn't he just punch the orb? No. Okay. He gives it a mighty blow without much regard for whether he is going to crush and shatter the elf lord. We get the elf lord's view and He-Man's giant swinging hammer sword strike coming down. And thankfully, he doesn't cleave the elf lord in two. (laughs) It's just your arm. It's just your arm. It's all right. I saved your life, though. I saved your life. Uh, Oh, Fisto, the elf lord told me um, he admires you and thinks you should be (laughs) the ruler of the forest now. We couldn't find him anywhere. Battle cut. Eat that real quick. <laughs> You're right, He-Man. And now that you've broken Skeletor's spell, not only am I free, but our forest is free as well. So the Elf Lord, who comes out and is not majestic or anything, he seems like he sneezes a lot. He's a, he has a large snozz. The Elf Lord does? Yeah, He's allergic yeah. to everything in that forest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like the pollen kind's really high today. What? Well, Thankfully, he's out because he restores the forest. And then we, um, Wayne's world dissolved to the present <laughs> day. <laughs> yeah. And then, Fisto, what happened next? And uh, Fisto's like, and that's how not evil no more. And I got a pardon from King Randor. <laughs> Which was a fun thing to mention. And that's where the kid's line got cut. I, I saw, I made that note. Oh, okay. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. And then. And then He-Man well, shows yeah, up. Where, where did He-Man come from? I was watching the whole thing. It's a good story. I didn't want to interrupt. <laughs> it happened two days ago. I think he's good for it. Okay, I don't think he'll... Re- we so, didn't get him counseling. So, so, so I think Fisto can move his hand because he does like the thumbs up towards himself. Ah. Or maybe he can only move his thumb. Maybe yeah. so. It gets t- he gets like three moves a day. Choose wisely. Do you want to hold a pencil? Do you want to mm-hmm. give somebody the middle finger? <laughs> somebody wants to it's play- stuck like that the whole day. I'm sorry. Yeah. I had to visit the king. Oops. You can do paper, rock, scissors, best two out of three one time, and you're done. You're done. I bet I know what you're like- going to pick today, Fisto. <laughs> Never pick paper with Fisto. <laughs> or no, always pick paper with Fisto. You all saw how Fisto changed from a bad guy who nobody liked into a real hero. Okay, so Tila comes out. She says, do one to others, etc." Mm-hmm. All right. Nice to see her. But she I know. Didn't, she didn't get to see her that much. Yeah. She was in it, though. Yeah. She was there. She was in the cave a she little had bit. some lines. Yeah, I think she could have given Fisto a little more sass about how he should have behaved better. That's I like true. I like when she gets on to people. I think that's funny. Yeah, I like that, too. Um. Well, not much to say about that. Well, we agree with Tila. Should we move on to ratings? Yes. Okay, let's... let's our, if there is a way to evaluate this episode, let's attempt it. I, well, I just said um, it was genuinely weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was intentional, but I'm doing 3.7 elf orbs out of okay. five. On one hand, I wanted to see more things connect. I wanted to know how he became evil. On the other hand, they might as well have gone crazy. And I also have to admit that as cheap as it is, I love seeing the new characters. I think just because I love seeing seeing my toys and I never got to see these episodes when I was a kid, I can't help it. So I'm going to give it um, 3.8 elf orbs. I thought it was pretty good. Not well, I mean, I, yeah, <laughs> for for a He-Man episode, it was it was it was it was strange. It had a bunch of characters. They had slight uh, slight Skeletor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to go a little higher. I'm going to go 
Three nine, three nine. Yeah, I'll Can go get three some nine. Skeletor points. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah, I liked it. It was, it was, it was interesting. I, I just liked how giant his fist was. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was a good, good size. The toy makers were like, yes. <laughs> Uh, Scott Scott's review in Variety magazine. I liked how giant his fist was. You know what? We'll go see that. We'll go see that. And we'll buy the toy. It's time for the lightning round. So in our lightning round episodes, which we watch because you don't want to watch them all and neither do we. <laughs> we're we the did. most, we're the most perfunctory. So many episodes. So many episodes. We're, it's the, uh, the most perfunctory He-Man podcast out there and uh we'll watch the episodes that may not be the best ones so you don't have to although i will say lately as we're getting to the other ones i'm starting to wish i would have chosen some of these because the synopses hide important stuff sometimes so i actually accidentally got some good ones every now and then so yes every now and then but if there are good (laughs) ones we'll let you know which ones they are in the meantime we will give you one minute recaps of all these episodes Mm -hmm. so this week we have 12 yeah. Which means that we each got four. Is that correct? Yes. And that means that no one is a lucky boy or lucky girl. Who we, only got three. Who only got three. <laughs> we all have four. Okay. So starting us off here, we've got Will. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm uh, reviewing He-Man Season 1, Episode 56, The Quest for the Sword. And go. Okay. Uh, there uh, the, the gang's on a camping trip, and Tila is making fun of uh, Duncan for short, shirking modern ways, and he gives her some hokum about... It's good to practice doing old things. And uh, He-Man hears some kids in trouble, and he sees that they're trapped on the other side of a chasm. I think there's some rock monsters over there. So He-Man throws his sword with a powerful vine to the other side and pulls the chasm toward him. But then uh, the rock monster gets his sword, and he hears one of them say, uh, Raybar, Raybar, a great warrior, because he's got the sword. Um, and then uh, then He-Man says, get back the sword and just be a great guy. The uh, entrance is blocked, so uh, Ram Man helps them get in inside the cave. They see some paintings and realize that they're peaceful. They hear Raybar is warrior leader. And uh, Ram Man leaps over him like ten times to distract him. He-Man accidentally drops his sword into ten an seconds. endless crevasse. And they say, we'll never see Adam again. And He-Man says, the sword doesn't make you a leader. Uh, but then uh, Orko saved the sword and He-Man goes back to the palace. And Attila uh, is mad that she missed uh, He-Man yelling at Adam for... Um, for leaving okay you got you you squeaked by uh-huh. okay so uh oh um I, I, and i would I, i'm gonna use some extra time here to uh okay. to tell you that the rating <laughs> that's should, in the rules <laughs> that, that the rating for this should be a um 3.9 togar is leaders because it was funny <laughs> well good i'm glad you enjoyed it all right next we've got scott what do you got scott all right, so uh, this is the second one of 12. Um, it is He-Man Season 1, Episode 57, Castle of Heroes. All right, hit it. Okay, Skeletor is in his throne room, and two dudes show up. One is on an elephant, and the other one talks like a pirate. So Skeletor asks what they are doing there. Um, a small gray dude named Monteague shows up and tells Skeletor that he is collecting soldiers for his army. Then you learn that the guy in the elephant was Hannibal and the other guy was Blackbeard. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Then then he tells Skeletor he wants He-Man and Skeletor says, good luck. And uh, Monty tricks Prince Adam to call on He-Man. He-Man shows up and defeats 
all of Montague's uh, tests that he throws at him, and Montague decides that he wants he he wants He-Man for his army. Then He-Man fights Blackbeard and Hannibal, flies through the air with some awesome moves. He-Man smashes the dome that contained all the souls of the soldiers that Montague's army. He releases all of them, and Montague blames Skeletor for losing all of his guys. Wow. Uh, the moral is history is cool even if you can't meet your historical figures. Whoa. <laughs> that sounds bananas. That sounds so you need, awesome. So you need to read historical books. I, I'll say so. Rating uh, 3.8 terrible pirate accents. Okay. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> what a weird idea. That is a weird idea. That, that, sounds, that sounds pretty fun, though. Mm-hmm. All right. So I am up. Number three of 12, He-Man, season one, episode 58, The Once and Future Duke. Duke it up. All right, this is the first appearance of Prince Adam's fishing hat that I've seen (laughs) anyway. Um, He rescues a boy from a carnivorous plant while out fishing. It's David of Abra, a vest-wearing page boy haver, who hasn't aged due to an evil spell and has no memories, so he just cries. And there's this ring of forgetfulness and a ring of remembrance. Don't worry about all that. Those are the things. And it's this evil Count Marzon who comes to kidnap David. And he also zaps Duncan. Duncan loses his memory, but still finds Orko annoying. (laughs) Eventually, even Orko loses his memory from a magic lake. Don't ask. Um, So He-Man and Tila go off to fetch this ring and David. And then all is well. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to say, as an episode of He-Man, it was all right. As a metaphor for repressed trauma, it was troubling. And I give this 3.3 Davids out of 5. Also, the moral was, swim safely. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's awesome. Well, that's a lot to digest It there. was. Fascinating. And then also, just as an, as an aside, if I could say this in the mm-hmm. middle of the lightning round, which I'm sorry. So, you know, I'm watching these on YouTube. I've already mentioned that. And, like, also you see the comments that people leave on, leave yeah, on YouTube, yeah. which are insane. <laughs> and there was some some account had said, like, because at the end when David gets unzapped, he becomes his man self, uh-huh. you know, because, like, all of the years have caught up and, like, he's got his memories back and now he is a man. My life. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Okay. And so there's a commenter on YouTube who's like, that David is a real hunk. What? And then, and then, okay, okay. And then there's a commenter under that comment that says like, what's your problem? You know, like, hey man, lover 1015, you've been saying this on every video. What kind of weirdo <laughs> are you? Get a life. So, what is I know. What the, is happening? The real drama's in the comments. I guess so. So, anyway, I just wanted to give you that story, too. Now I'm going to think about it for a long time. We may return to that later. <laughs> so, anyway, there's there's somebody okay. on all the He Man episodes calling all of the side characters hunks. Okay. There you go. Okay. That's the life, that's the world we live in. Well, we already reviewed uh, He-Man Season 1, Episode 59, which was The Witch and the Warrior, in which we got to see uh, Evil Lynn's haircut in a previous episode. So now we're going to review um, Lightning Round, um, Episode number 4 of 12. This is He-Man Season 1, Episode 50, The Return of Granamir. All right, return. Okay, Granamir uh, summons He-Man to uh, Dark Smoke. And He-Man brings Duncan. Granamir is that dragon with the warrior's helmet that um, uh, Rebecca told us about in a previous Lightning Round episode. Awesome. Uh, so Duncan shows up and he wasn't supposed to, and Granam- and he apologizes. Granamore says, poor excuse for bad manners, but at least you spoke with respect. And he tells him that uh, little Torm uh, is in love with a human, and he says, she is small and foolish like all humans. Um, and Torm wants to do a spell of changing, sacrifices lifespan to marry him, and uh, he has to pass a test from the uh, lady's father, and He-Man will be the champion. And uh, uh, Granamir says, if you fail, my ears will 
ring for the next thousand years with the moans of this lovesick hatchling. Um, a villain who is Jarvan, without the skin being blue, tries to thwart him. He-Man runs into um, uh, this little girl that looks like the Grudge. He does a tug of war with a um, centaur. He finds a little silver apple to pass the test. Jarvan summons, uh, not Jarvan, but you know, summons a bad dragon. Grandamere beats him. Randor says, avoid fighting if you can. 4.5 lovesick hatchlings. That was exactly one minute. That was that was flawless, <laughs> It was a great episode. That's good. It was That's really good. good. Yeah. Yeah, again, when there are new characters introduced every time, like you, we didn't know that Grandamere would be so uh-huh. fun and that would, yeah, he would I had return no idea. so He's much. He's really good. Yeah. Good voice acting, too. Yeah. Really enjoy him. So, yeah, I'll have to check that out. The yeah, things you don't good. know from synopses. Yeah, he has a good toy, too. All right, so check that one out. So this is uh, 5 of 12. Mm-hmm. Um, He-Man Season 1, Episode 61, Pawns of the Game Master. I'm sorry. Uh, t- yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. It is 61. Yes. All right. Ignore me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Should I say it over? No, we'll just leave my mistake. It's fine. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Hit it. So, Negator's back from episode 54. Oh. No, that's a lie. Oh. Uh, Game Master uh, tricks He-Man by sending out a distress call. He-Man arrives, finds a bear, four-armed panther, and a, a bug robot. Game Master shows up and tells He-Man he, he needs to join his games to the best warriors. It seems like the last episode, but it's really not. <laughs> Very confusing for me. Uh, He-Man, fights, He-Man fights them and scares them off. Then the Game Master sends, them to, sends out a spy and learns that Tila is a weakness. He captured Tila and then takes takes a sword because Prince, Ad- Prince Adam's not changed. Orko, Cringer, and Prince Adam go to, go to the Game Master. Orko tries to trick the Game Master. That fails. Prince Adam gets gets caught too. Prince Adam has to fight Clawful-like creature on roids. He's humongous. And uh, Orko frees himself and Tila. Tila gets the power sword from the Game Master. Orko covers the Game Master in a blanket and then freezes the creature, saving everybody. And Tila gets knocked out cold. Prince Adam changes into He-Man and and saves everyone. 3.3 Sorceress Winks. Well, what I heard from that is that Orko saved the day, so that was that was yeah. that was worth it. That's what you were. That was worth the hear. effort of watching it. Yeah. Um, the at the end, um, the reason why the sorceress winks is because she he convinces Tila to say like, "What's what's the qualities in He Man that you like, and what and what's the qualities in Prince Adam that you like." Or, you know, something Weird. along those lines. So, like, she was saying it. And, of course, the sorceress knows that he's He-Man. And Sorceress, she's like, what are you doing? Yeah. So, it was, just, it was just Weird. funny. That's funny. Yeah. I am reviewing... Six of Twelve. Uh, season One, Episode 62 of He-Man, Golden Discs of Knowledge. All right. Go. Okay, um, at the beginning of this episode, Castle Grayskull is going crazy. The draw, jaw bridge is uh, flapping uh, up and down, and there are lots of crazy lights, and Orko says it looks like Sorcerer's having a far-out party. <laughs> um, there's uh, some crazy monster projections when they get inside, um, and uh, it was this wizard named Xanthor, the former keeper of the Golden Disc, who's um, doing like poltergeist stuff to get attention, and he appears in Sorcerer's Mirror as a line drawing, and he's contacting them because he says... Um, 
he uh, wants a chance to uh, appeal his uh, judgment to come out and um, get back the golden discs of knowledge that the wise ones had and um, they and they get uh, Zodak to agree with that he came in this like Jack Kirby looking chair thing it was awesome they found a secret passage to Snake Mountain they get the uh, discs of knowledge and when they come back um, Zodak said he did such a good job and he did resume himself that he's gonna let him be a cosmic enforcer so now there are two of them and he looks real scrawny and pale <laughs> next to, uh, <laughs> next to Zodak it's really funny and he's don't know what to say and Zodak says say nothing our task is to watch and Ordak says uh, <laughs> Ordak says uh, he never get, Orko never gets any credit 4.9 Poltergeist Iced Holocaust 4.9 so good, so good. Wow. holy really good. crap uh, okay <laughs> yeah circle that one it was really funny it was good oh also we get to see in Snake Mountain the reason called it Snake Mountain because there's a giant snake in the bottom of it and it yeah. comes out and that chases Skeletor it's pretty funny yeah. All right, so I think you're up, Scott. All right, so this is 7 of 12, uh, He-Man Season 1, Episode 63, The Huntsman. All right, go. He-Man and Tila and Cringer are returning a box to the sorceress, and three fairies appear on the magic mirror and tell everyone someone is hunting the last unicorn. They're always in Tila is, is pretty about hunting game for sport. Thing, and we find out that Baron Gord and Prince Adam thinks that he can talk him out of hunting the unicorn. So they find Baron Gord skeet shooting missiles, and he is he is pretty good at it. They go to his chamber to talk, where every animal under the sun is stuffed. Um, Baron Gord and Prince Adam get into it. Baron phones his org friend and uh, tells tells him to capture Prince Adam and Tila for a while so he can go hunt. Prince turns into He-Man and escapes. Uh, they race to save the last unicorn and uh, stop the Baron from killing killing it and King Randor's outlaws sport hunting. Uh, the moral is losing your temper um, losing your temper is bad and talk things out. Oh, wow. That it actually was, sounds kind of well written. That's kind of interesting. It wasn't it wasn't wonderful. <laughs> uh, two point okay. eight bear tentacles. Wow. Oh. Okay. All right. Oh, oh bear tentacles. Tough good. but fair. All right. Yeah, that that was one of the animals. It's <laughs> a bear with tentacles. Well it needs to be <laughs> All right. Eight of twelve. That's me with uh, He Man season one, episode sixty four, The Remedy. Okay, hit it. We learned that Duncan's old teacher, Rohead, is very ill and they don't know why. So he was on this rescue mission and he fell ill in a cavern. Sorceress tells us it was a bug bite and they need an herb called Linwood to cure him. It's an alchemy episode and it involves a poultice, yay. So Rohan is delirious with a, yes, with a fever while Duncan and Adam go find it. And we get a mustacheless man-at-arms flashback to his impetuous apprenticeship and that's very sweet So I, I do like that. Mm-hmm. The Wind Raider crashes so He-Man has to go fetch the herb on his own. He's way laid up by an octopus, a whirlpool, a spider web. He makes a dragon friend. This is all very boring, except for the part at the end where an ancient spirit makes him beg for the Linwood, which is weird. Mm-hmm. But He-Man ain't too proud to beg. And the <laughs> dragon takes him back, and it's all better. And the moral is, your parents are your best friends. Uh, 3.7 poultices out of 5. That's really good. Mine, Ooh, we got, I, see, I got, we, fast. We got to see Duncan without um, without his helmet on too. He has a glorious red hair. He looks great. He's That's very adorable. Handsome. What? You see him <laughs> This is very important. Yeah, he was sleeping in bed. He was sleeping Jarvan in bed. Jarvan tried to ambush him in bed, and he woke up. And he said, what's, what's what's happening? And he looked very <laughs> handsome. But was it was it helmet head? No, he just no. had like. What did it look like? It was just sort of what like... what shape was it? 
Was it just regular hair? Like it was it curl? I imagine it was curly. It was just a nice do. It was just it, was, it wasn't like even a, a page ki- boy like a Ken doll, like a. No, it was more like ear length. It was just just nice mid length hair. He mm-hmm. looks like the new haircut that Chimp Gaines has. <laughs> <laughs> what does Chimp Gaines's hair He's, look I saw like on now? People magazine. It was pretty good. So. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a really good description. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah, but I, I do like the uh, sort of little character moments. Mm-hmm. This one, this one was, you know, I, I did enjoy cool. it for that reason. Actually, did yeah. you give a rating? Yeah, I said three point seven, okay. but who, who cares? <laughs> okay, uh, this is um, number nine of twelve. I'm going to review Shira season one, episode forty, Treasures of the First Ones. Go. Okay, or as I thought from my handwriting, Tarzan of the Croutons. Yes. Um, Shadow Weaver says the Mystic Isle will rise tomorrow uh, with the uh, this uh, treasure of the first ones. And the first ones, remember, are the people that made the uh, Shira Palace or whatever. Um, so uh, Spirit is wolfing down some apples, and Light Hope catches Shira up to speed that this is happening. Obviously, Hordak wants to go get that treasure. Shira. Um, may have killed some horde troopers. There was an explosion. It was kind of weird. She-Ra lands on the Seahawks ship uh, to ask him for help, but he asked after Adora, which was kind of sweet and kind of funny. Um, Hordak readies a battleship with the master of the horde port named Octavia. She's this green octopus warrior lady. She says, hey, you command, mighty one. She was real fun. Um, Voiced by Wallace Shawn. The, the, <laughs> the uh, skyship follows, and, uh, and, and Swin says, uh, stuff us both. What a woman. Uh, on the island, um, she, uh, She-Ra protects her hunk. Octavia fights with four swords, and then Shira says, "You're done, Octopus Lady." Um, the treasure was art, and uh, Shira says, "It's not fit for a cheap villain like Hordak." And then um, go to museums is the moral. Four point six Octopus Ladies. <laughs> All right, she sounds great. She was really cool. She sounds great. She was really cool. I'm uh, like a toy. So that. so far we've learned uh, enjoy history, and then yeah. go to, now go to museums. Yeah. So okay. Really educational this yeah, round. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Ooh, so I'm looking forward to this one. I, so feel, now, I, I feel like you gave yourself a lot of good ones, Will. <laughs> right? I pick ones I think each of us will like. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Okay. You're like Rebecca loves poultices. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, but you got you got this one spot on. Okay, so I have this is ten of twelve. Shira episode season one episode forty one. Glimmer's story. Okay. All right. So we have our first appearance of hang gliding in Shira by Bo, who's got this new invention, which is hang gliding. Uh, Prince Highcliff of Blue Mountain is coming to Bright Moon for a party, and Glimmer's got to go primp. Okay. Um, but he gets captured by Hordak, and uh, Hordak sends False Face, a shapeshifter, in the prince's place to wreak havoc, and so the fake prince and imp are going to go sabotage Castle Bright Moon. That's the plan. Okay, meanwhile, Imp and Catra have some banter, and Imp threatens to turn into a mirror, which is a really good burn. <laughs> like, that was very funny. <laughs> so anyway, and meanwhile, Glimmer makes Madame Raz turn her hair purple, because that's going to impress the prince, like, obviously. And it looks terrible, and they crack jokes about it. It was really funny. So, okay, they so um, they flood the castle. Oh, crap. She redigs a canal channel with her lats, and she sets a... They set a fire, all this crazy stuff. Glimmer's a dope who tells the prince, like, everything. And so he takes the moonstone. So Hordak attacks the castle while it's weak. But then they fight. Bo helps with hang gliding. Angela and Glimmer fix the moonstone in a touching intergenerational magic moment. And we're out. And another joke about uh, Glimmer's hair. Looky says looks aren't everything. I loved it. 4.3 moonstones out of 5. Great. Great. It was great. It was fun. Fun. It was fun. Uh, okay, so it's 11 and 12. Yeah. Uh, She-Ra, season one, episode 42. Enemy 
with my face. Okay. So the Horde is defeated again by She-Ra. Hordek is d discussing how to defeat She-Ra. His computer tells him that he needs to find a being as strong as her. So then he blows it up because, of course, that's 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 what you need. Shadow Weaver comes up with an idea to birth a, a Malog out of mud because it can turn into anything it touches. So the Malog touches She-Ra in a battle and transforms into a being as powerful as She-Ra. Uh, She-Ra asks Light Hope how to defeat the Malog, and he tells her that she has everything that She-Ra has. Cryptic message, surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, Cutscene, and you see uh, the Malog playing with a bird. Oh, foreshadowing. Um, Shadow Weaver gets uh, She-Ra uh, to come out again and fight the Malog. That is not working because they are of equal strength again. Um, Shadow Weaver makes a tornado and traps She-Ra in a force field. Uh, a girl appears and Malog plays with the girl's hair and She-Ra rea she realizes that she has her feelings. She-Ra convinces her to give her the sword and she escapes. Um, She-Ra uses the power to change the Malog into a real, real woman. Then the woman leaves because she has to explore her new feelings. <laughs> <laughs> um, the moral is think twice before you make fun of people, call them names or put them down. Um, a, as funny as it sounds, it, it was it was actually it was actually is pretty good. Um, uh, 4.6 uh, kitchen sinks. All right. These uh, she have been really I, fun. I, I, I was reading about this and uh, Malog is Gollum spelled backwards. Oh. Um, and a Gollum is a creature that takes on. Mm -hmm. um, other person, like if it, if it takes on other people, person's qualities. Fun. Well, so, that's not that nice. It's just a little interesting like thing. and Superman. Yeah. Cool. All right. So remember that we have already reviewed season one, episode 43 of She-Ra. Welcome back, Cal, in a previous episode. Um, you can check our episode guide and find that. If you're dying to know what happens when the Twiggets are out for blood. <laughs> they will turn on you. That's what we learned. And now here we are at our last lightning round episode. This is 12 of 12. She-Ra, season, season one, episode 44, The Rock People. All right. Okay, so Catra is sent to investigate some sentient meteors that are hurtling towards Etheria. Meanwhile, the rebels are in the same general area. They go to help somebody. I blanked. Don't worry about it. She-Ra gets the scoop on this with an animal mind meld with King Liz, a big lizard, obviously, and so he helps She-Ra find these space rocks, and the horde is there too. The space rocks then transformers themselves into uh -huh. rock people, and then they go, what world is this? And there are three of them, Stonedar, Granita, and Rockon. And then Horde gets captures Rockon to do research on, and then everybody's there. Catra, Scorpia, Leech, Grizzlor, Mantana, they're all there. And the scoop is, rock people need a new planet because their star's going supernova, their sun is. So the other two go to go find Rockon from Hordak's place. They say they're not gonna fight because they're a peaceful people, so we learn about rock diplomacy, and the rebels prove themselves to be rock respecters, and Hordak is a, Hordak is a rock enemy. And then the rebels help them out, and now their friendship is solid as a rock, and they settle in Spikeheart, with King Ago and the Trolls, which oh! was lovely, and I loved it. Great, four point two space rocks oh, out of five. Fun. I was Those so are great toys. That was a great callback. I loved that they decided that Spike mm -hmm. Heart with King, and they they showed King Ago, and he was like, "She was a friend of ours," and I'm like, "Oh, this is just great," because this is another episode where you had to learn that uh, not everyone believes the same way as mm -hmm. you do. They they don't want to fight. They're rocks. You got their own problems. I like I like those characters. Somebody put them in a rock tumbler, for cool. example. 
All right. Yeah, that was great. Very polished him, polished him up in that rock tumbler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. That was a good study session. We absorbed a lot, got a lot of uh, Masters of the Universe knowledge. We will apply we that are, in our lives. We are Masters of Masters of the Universe. That's our show for today. Thanks for listening. Next week, we'll be reviewing Season 1, Episode 52 of She-Ra, Magic Cats, in which She-Ra and Catra visit an underground cat world. And I can't think of anything more entertaining to say than the actual synopsis. If you'd like to follow along with the show, you can find our episode guide at thewizardsnightshirt.com. If you have questions or comments for us to discuss, you can email us at rumors at thewizardsnightshirt.com. You can also follow us at Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and subscribe to our show on iTunes. We want to thank you for listening, and please remember, it wasn't that long ago that I was a supervillain. If anything can get me past those bewitched trees, this is it. Three, two, one, blast off! Oh yeah, I may have turned that down at some point. Oh okay. The Fistos Forest. The Fistos Forest. Fistos Forest. Go to Forest Town.